0: Congratulations to Keith and Elizabeth on the occasion of your 16th wedding anniversary. It's a great milestone. And uh, that's, I think, just over one life sentence, isn't it, these days? It used to be 20 years, it's only 15 now. Um, but I trust you have many lives together, if that's one way of saying it. The, uh, uh, Keith brought our attention to the uh, roof going up and, and I looked up, and you know, you can see daylight through the lattice work in the ceiling the, now because they haven't put the ridge cap on. Next week, check for that and make sure that we can't see daylight through there <laughs> because that'll be important when it rains. So, uh, and I want to thank Tess for the uh, lovely way she read the uh, scriptures to us this morning. That's just a, a tiny little window look into what is a fabulous story about the life of Gideon. And I just, um, I want to excite your interest in the life of Gideon and the reason for God's visit to him. Uh, But we won't touch the whole story. It's too big a thing. And uh, I suggest you read the three chapters that involve his life, Judges 6, 7 and 8, um, through the week in your devotions. If you have a bit of a wild imagination, or I know some of you do, I want you to put it into use now. So imagine this wildly. Imagine you're at home and you've been watching Channel 24. That's the horror film uh, where the ABC tell us everything that's going wrong. And and there you are, you're, you're in your lounge room and you're becoming more and more depressed because of what they're telling you. Uh, and the ABC excitedly broadcasts problems across our nature about the new abortion laws and the euthanasia bill that's being introduced state by state and about all the terrorism in the world. And you're starting to think there's good reason to worry. Maybe the next person to knock on your door is, is a terrorist, an evil compatriot of the devil who's coming to get you. So, so you hide and wait and then your, your fears escalate because there's this big, loud knock on your door. Why you, you think? Who could want to hurt me now? Have you vilified some godless creature and been overheard? What, what are they going to do to you because of that? But then there's another, more gentle knock at the door. and And someone's calling your name. And you know that voice. It's God. And he's popped over to your place to offer you a job. And he says, you're just the right person. We've been discussing this in heaven. And you're the person who can handle this awful situation. So rise up and save Australia. And you don't have to face this alone when you battle the forces of evil. Because God is on your side. And you are the next Gideon. And now you can turn your imagination off for just a while. And we go back to scriptures because that's pretty much what happened to Gideon. He was quietly hiding uh, and and God visited him and gave him a, a job offer. Some might say, an offer you can't refuse. But I don't want you to dismiss all the agonising thoughts that might have been running through your mind because the scriptures that describe the dilemma facing Israel around 1249 BC is kind of like the dilemma that we face here in Australia in 2021 AD. The whole story is bigger than our Bible reading. Uh, so scribble down Judges chapter 6, 7 and 8 and read that for yourself over and over. Now that tells the story of Israel's Gideon. It might give you an idea of the job offer God has for you. And there's a progression through that history, that time in Israel, that is repeated in our age. And if you follow through there, you'll see certain signposts. The first one is sin. Israel had been God's favoured nation, his own people, the chosen ones and yet they turned to sin. And what followed sin is no surprise. It's suffering. That always follows sin, despite what the uh, whispers might say. And, of course, looking for something good to say, there was a solution to Israel's dilemma. So look for those things in our world today. Is there any sin in Australia today? Oh, I think so. Is there any suffering? Well, maybe not as much as in other countries, but it's starting. Good people are suffering because bad people are rising to the top. It's supposed to be the cream that comes to the top, but unfortunately it's going the other way. There is suffering. And the laws and legislative uh, efforts of our government really is only making it worse. And you'll want to know, is there a solution? Well, yes. There is a solution. God has offered you a job today. Let's take one thing at a time. God's holy nation of Israel ceased to be holy. You wonder how that could happen. Remember what Gideon said. Our fathers told us about the miracles, how you brought us out of Egypt. And yet this generation of Gideons listened to other voices. They had other guides in their ear who led the people away from God and they led the people to forsake all his laws. And the people embraced everything that God said not to do. The voices they heard were telling them that God wouldn't mind if they had a little fun. And they said that the old laws didn't keep pace with their modern thinking. Have you heard that today in Australia? The old laws aren't keeping pace with society? Do you know God's laws were printed several hundred years earlier in 1469 BC or thereabouts. What could he have known back then about the evolving culture in Israel in uh, 2001? 1250 BC and and I trust you recognize sarcasm because that's what it is the voices that the israelites followed could not have been more wrong you know god's law was written in stone and when we hear something's written in stone it's set in cement it's there forever and god's law was written in stone right from the days when Moses carried them down off the mountain. And it means that they are continually relevant. God created us. The intricacies in our human bodies were made to his design and at his word. Our world, and beyond that, the entire universe, was created by God and the stars in the heavens are held in place by his omnipotence. God does not go out of fashion. His laws do not prevent us from enjoying life. They actually enhance life. His laws protect us and keep us safe. And he has a personal promise to all who love him and obey him. And his promise to keep us safe is really conditional. And I think that's where the Israelites went wrong. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. No one, not an army or an armada, can protect you if God doesn't want you protected. And sin that was being embraced in Israel in those days and is being embraced day by day here in Australia, leads to suffering. Because Israel left God out of their lifestyle, he stopped protecting them, even though they were the people he chose to be his own, his favoured nation. When we skip forward 3,270 years and move our thoughts to our world today, have our people turned their collective backs on God and his laws. You and I may not have left God out of our lives and out of our thinking, but Australians in general, yes, they have. We think of the, the situation surrounding abortion. This murder of living but unborn children used to be illegal, but now it's lawful and, in fact, it is so entrenched in our current legislation, that you can be jailed for protesting against abortion. You know, just this week, I heard some good news, but it came across my favourite TV channel, number 24, as bad news. They, they were lamenting the fact that abortion clinics in three regional cities had to be closed because of lack of staff and some impact of COVID-19. And while they said it was bad news, I quietly rejoiced said, thank you, God. Maybe if the women have to travel to Brisbane to make that choice, they'll reconsider it. That's a prayer we have. I don't want to go into detail about abortion because the live dismemberment of babies is revolting. And it's enough to say that taking life from any human forcibly is murder. And commandment number six that was written in stone says, thou shalt not murder. And then there's euthanasia. The day is coming quickly when Uncle Bert can be dispatched under Queensland law uh, without a protest saving his miserable life. I heard of a case recently where a woman had requested an assisted death. That sounds better than murder, but that's what it is. And this woman, after a while, changed her mind. But the attending doctor who was acting on her behalf because she'd paid him already... This doctor declared her change of mind invalid. He said it was just a symptom of the onset of dementia. And he went ahead and brought her life to a close with the full support of our laws. God calls that sin because he numbers our days before we leave the womb. He has a plan for each of us which requires every single day that he had planned for us those years ago. You know, in in this day of age when other people worry, um, in my heart I'm carefree because I'm in God's hands and his will will see me through whatever happens. So don't be despairing, be trusting in God. And God has shown his disapproval of the homosexual practices by what he did in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Sexual perversion is sin. And we shouldn't be cowardly about saying that. God created our bodies with specific plans for all our private parts and it doesn't include the issues related to in marriage equality. But you know... It's called vilification if we speak against these sins. But homosexuality is sin. And I can quote a few parts in God's book. Leviticus 18.22 says it's wrong. Leviticus 20.13 says it's wrong. 1 Corinthians 6.9-10 says it's wrong. First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.10 says it's wrong. And Revelation 21, verse eight says it's wrong. So I'm not going to argue. It's definitely wrong. Despite what our government thinks, it's sin. But while it's sin, it's popular in our current society. And that fact cannot please our Lord and God. And let's not forget drugs and alcohol. Drugs might be fairly new, not mentioned in my Bible. But alcohol has been around since the beginning of time. And our Bibles warn us against drunkenness in a number of places. And there's so much going on in our country, I wonder why God has remained silently standing by while this once Christian country of ours plunges at breakneck speed in, and determination into a godlessness, rebellion and reckless depravity. And then we come to the point that sin leads to suffering. The devil's lie, of course, is that sin is satisfying but its momentary pleasure leads to lasting suffering. Now, Dr Don Hardgrave, in his recent book called You Can Discover God's Will, copyright 2021, recently off the printing press, says that temptation to sin is always uh, always started with something that appeals, suggesting that it might make us happy. But its long-term effect is great sadness and suffering. Dr Don speaks about the enticement to sin being the hope of happiness, but its outcome is the exact opposite. And how young people are enticed into trying drugs in order to be happy. They've got this vacant space in their lives, which only God can fill, but... They don't know that, and they're searching, searching. So there is hope for them. But realistically, there's no sadder sight than an addict who can't secure his next fix. They're depicted in film, perspiring, in panic and in pain. You can't sell me on drug-taking when I see that picture in my mind's eye. To be sure, the truth of the matter is that Sin definitely leads to suffering. When God stopped protecting Israel because the people turned to false gods and sinful practices, the Israelites were in a whole lot of pain. Without God's help, they fell victim to the pitiless raids of the Midianites and the Amalekites. And, and these guys, predominantly the Midianites, were a nasty bunch. They would wait until harvest time. They'd let the poor old Israelites do all the cultivating, the planting, the tending the crops, maybe weeding, and then they'd swoop in at harvest time. And they'd take a the lot, leaving nothing for the farmers and their families to eat. Many died, so you can't suffer much more than that. But many survived just by harvesting little bits at a time and hiding what they could. And I read that at times when a field was so large that the Midianites and the Amalekites couldn't carry it all off to their own stores, they would burn what stood in the fields so that the Israelites had none. And they hid and they suffered. And they suffered long and hard year after year. This is unimaginable. They suffered for seven years before they remembered their God. Fancy being beaten and starved for seven years by raiding parties and then at last thinking maybe the God in heaven who helped our forefathers can help us today. And, you know, I wonder how much suffering we have to endure here in Australia before people in great numbers cry out to the Lord. Just look at the pain and suffering that alcohol and drug abuse is causing. It often leads to domestic violence, and while we hear of the worst cases in the news, many suffer in silence. You'd be kidding yourself if you think marriage equality and abortion and gender reassignment makes people happy. That's that's what the lie is. It's going to make you happy, but it doesn't. There are just a few of our current society's shortcuts to deep and lasting suffering. How many years has it been since abortion has been embraced and the murder of innocent innocents has not been mourned at a national level? The floods and fires and droughts that have been blamed on global climate change these last few years are really natural events to which we are exposed because our God in heaven is not protecting this great land like he used to. And because girls and boys are not being taught God's standards as they grow, we're raising a generation who believe themselves to be entitled, a life without work, an education without study. It's amazing what we see in the young generation. A lot of them don't like hard work, and they'll quit a job the instant the boss asks them to do something that's a bit of a strain to them. And young people want the best of everything straight away. And this has given rise to an increase in violence and theft. The levels of these crimes have never been as high as they are today. The government some years ago sought to uh, fix things by taking guns out of our communities, but they only got the guns off the good people, which is a bit of a shame, really, because now the baddies have everything their own way. To my mind, that makes our communities vulnerable, quite like the Israelites, who couldn't defend themselves against the raiding parties of the Midianites. I think we've been suffering for years. Thankfully our governments have drawn on uh, past financial reserves to help. Remember JobKeeper and Centrelink, the Israelites never had that, but I believe We're running out of reserves. The fires that swept through Victoria and New South Wales cost the country billions. And if you'll recall, there were floods up north that swept away thousands, hundreds of thousands of beef cattle. And uh, when you think, these days, a live animal is over $1,000 in value. So for every thousand beasts lost, there's a million dollars down the tube. And that is without adding the cost of replacing sheds and infrastructure, machinery and fencing. So while some of us might not have suffered personal losses these last few years, our people, in the broad sense of the word, and our nation have. And our children and our children's children and even their children will be paying off the debts related to this COVID-19 rescue package that the governments are trying to put in place. We have definitely lost the protection that this country once had from our sovereign God. And it's all because our government and our people in general have forsaken the Lord and got away from his standards. So it's kind of to be expected. How many will be motivated by suffering to cry out to the Lord? And how long will it be before our nation comes back to God in faith and lifestyle practice? So the parallel is there. Israel decided to sin rather than follow good. And suffering followed that decision. Australia has proved through its own recent legislations they want to follow the sinful path rather than the godly one. And suffering has followed and will only get worse until we cry out to the Lord like Israel did. I know I hinted earlier that there is a solution to all this. But there's one more piece of pain to come for the Israelite nation. Um, and it's just like God saying, I told you so. God sent a prophet in response to their despairing cries. In, his, in Judges 6, verse 8, the unnamed prophet comes to the people and he delivers God's message. Uh, basically, it's your own fault. Suck it up. Harden up, princess, I think is what they'd say today. And, you know, it's the same message that Joshua delivered to the people way back in Joshua 24, verse 17 onwards. They told the people, Don't you remember what God has done for us? Don't you remember how He rescued us out of slavery? How He miraculously gave us this new land? How He fought battles for us, went ahead of us, and defeated the enemy time and time again? And how God promised that He would keep doing that so long as you were loyal and faithful to Him. But you weren't. So it's your fault. Israel is to blame for Israel's suffering. And the same message applies to us. Australia is to blame for the state it's in. It's the fault of the Australian people who turn away from God, those who refuse to acknowledge him and rebel against his standards and laws. So let's at last get to the solution which was read to us in this morning's scripture passage. Following sin came suffering. When the people cried to God and acknowledged him and promised to follow in his ways again, he raised up Gideon to rescue the nation. And I want to draw a bit of a d- distinction about this Gideon. Um, what made him the man God chose? He wasn't outspoken, he wasn't a military leader. He wasn't a political activist, wasn't a religious leader. He was just a good guy who loved the Lord and followed in his ways. He was, I suppose, standard issue Israelite for that time. Beaten down and suffering hardship, hiding from the enemy, not really brave enough to confront them. His property, still in partnership with his dad, no doubt had a threshing floor. But he didn't take his meagre harvest to the threshing floor because the threshing floor was usually up on a hilltop because they used the breeze to blow the chaff and the husks away. So he did it the hard way. He went down to the wine press, which was usually in a cellar or in a valley, away from the breeze, away from the sunshine. And he was... Threshing, threshing, and God came to visit him. You know, some people say, oh, no, 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 this angel. In verse 12, it says, speaks of the angel of the Lord. Verse 14 clarifies, it says, Then the Lord said to Gideon, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. I am sending you. He was unassuming. He wasn't conceited, certainly not bold. He was modest, knew his low rank in his family and within the nation. Yet, God chose this guy who was just like any one of us here today. So in your dream, if we can go back to that, when God came to your home to offer you a job did he say you have to do it in your own strength or or were there, are these words familiar to you this is repeated several times in the bible <clears throat> god says i will never leave you or forsake you this is when you're on his work verse 16 he said to gideon surely i will be with you and you shall defeat the midianites as one man in other words you know i'm going to do it through you and and if you read on you'll see where gideon was a bit doubtful and uh, it's kind of exciting so I'll let you read the story but when it comes to the actual war against the Midianites he wasn't thinking of this one man business and he gathered 30 odd thousand around him, some of the best soldiers he could muster and God said wait a minute, that's that's not what I meant and in the first issue God gets him to send 22,000 home. And Gideon is probably, if he's like one of us, he's probably thinking, it's probably too much. I, I really needed those guys. I'm going to be right in the front of the action now and I could get hurt. And God said, no, hang on, hang on, Gideon. You haven't caught the picture because you've still got too many on your side. And, and I know you Israelites, you'll think you did it all by yourself. So we'll get rid of a few more. And I think he got rid of about 9,700 more and left Gideon with 300, barely, barely enough uh, to look like a squad, let alone an army. And um, and if you read the story, you'll see God won the battle. And the Israelites had to give God the credit. It's a great story. Read it. But it's the same for us here. Ephesians 6, 12 tells us who our enemy is. It's not the Midianites or the Amalekites, but it, there's baddies. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the world governors, the princes of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wick- wickedness, which are in high places. You've got to wonder why we elect them to these high places, don't you? Uh, It's not just the government, but there are forces, there are groups, lobbyists, with sinful agendas who are pushing us away. That's the voices in the ear of the Australian population that are taking us away from God. Our solution is in God. It's a pity. Our nation is pulling the masses in the wrong direction. Our solution is not in getting our behaviour right because we could do that by ourselves. It takes willpower, but our, our solution is in getting the relationship right. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Get the relationship right first and then God can work on the lifestyle and the behaviours and the legislations beyond that. God is wanting this day to raise up Christian leaders, to turn people around and have them seek the Lord and follow in his ways. I believe that's the job offer that God gave us in that dream we had. Young and old, the Lord wants us to lead the people of Australia back to him. Our little Bible study loved the book of Malachi where the emphasis is God saying to the people, return to me and I will return to you. And then once you've got that phrase in your head, wherever you read in the Old and the New Testament, you see it's return to the Lord, then he'll return to you. Some people think that God is going to chase you down and arm wrestle you into, um, uh, what's the word, (laughs) repentance, so that he can forgive you. That's not the way it goes. We need to go to him. He's drawing us all, but we need to respond. When we get the relationship right, he then will work on the sin in our lives and the sin in our country. He wants to give power and influence to good to those of his people who are humble, to those who trust in him, to those who will take his job to heart. Please consider it seriously. Australia needs a generation of Gideons and you can be one of those. Go back to your dream. Did you hear the voice of the Lord speak to you through Scripture? Do you know his voice when he speaks? Does he know your voice because of your prayers? John 10:27, Jesus says of his flock, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my Father has given them to me. He is more powerful than anyone else. Our solution to national and personal suffering is Rests in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. I truly hope you read the entire story of Israel in the time of Gideon. Um, Look for the fall into sin. Consider the direction of Australia, where we're heading today. Look at the suffering that Israel endured before they turned in mass to call on God for help. Consider the the worst suffering in our world today and how it might come on to our shores and take the safety that we know away from us. Seriously ask yourself, does God want you to stand idly by while our nation perishes? Rejoice that God is full of mercy and grace, ready to forgive and restore the repentant sinner and the repentant nation. Is God calling your name today? He searches this land for a generation to lead others to him. And and one last quote, if I might. One with God is a majority. That's what he meant when he said, you'll beat the Midianites as one man. God only needs one person and himself, and it becomes a majority. Do not be afraid to step up to whatever the Lord calls you to. Let us pray. Dear Lord and shepherd of Christians everywhere, you are our solution to the problems we face this day. We lift our praise to you in prayer. Help us use the strength and courage you provide to speak to our neighbours and friends to our families and associates in the workplace and in the marketplace raise up modern Gideons to lead this country out of godlessness and into the universal family of faith we pray give us the jobs you have planned for us and send this congregation forward as missionaries and Gideons into our familiar places to be spokespeople for you and spread the word of your good news, your salvation, to change our country for God and for good. Amen.